Gospel of St. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, we'll begin at verse 1. John chapter 12, verse 1. The New International Version reads this way. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I want to read verse 3 again. It says, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. After we pray, I wanna to speak to you for a few moments from this subject, fill this house, fill this house. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are good. We thank you because you are God. We thank you because you're a name above all names. We thank you because you can do all things but fail. We thank you because you do everything well. Now, God, we just ask that you would sweep through each individual space that we're occupying right now, but that you would connect us by your spirit, that you would let your words speak to us freely and clearly, and that we would be all the better after hearing it. God, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you in Jesus' name, and it's in that mighty, marvelous, and miraculous name that we do pray. Let everyone say amen, amen. Verse 3, one more time. Verse 3 says, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Fill this house. Listen, we're all still dealing with the effects, both physical and mental, of the current quarantine in the state of Indiana. Many of us are dealing with uh, a little bit of cabin fever. Uh, some of us are halfway going crazy in the house uh, because there's... There's nowhere to go. Uh, and you find yourself doing things that you wouldn't normally do, like taking a walk around your neighborhood and, and cleaning out areas of your house that you ain't seen in years. I'm talking about my house now. My wife got us on uh, Operation Clean Up. Do you hear me? Uh, but, but, but this current quarantine has us in a very interesting space, a space that if we're not careful, uh, can yield a season of, 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 of depression or anxiety. Um, but if we handle this timing right, uh, we'll, we'll be able to see that we're actually in a season of opportunity. 
uh, we'll be able to see that we're actually in a season uh, where God can deal with us on levels that he's not been able to deal with us in recent years because we've been so busy with life that we've not been able to spend proper time with the things of God. So today, I want us to continue uh, uh, as we did last week, and I want us to look into Scripture and see what Scripture says, uh, what we should do uh, while we're in this time of quarantine. Last Sunday, uh, we talked about in this house, and we talked about everything you need being in the house, and Jesus goes and he heals a child and he raises her from the dead. Uh, but but he uses the people and he uses the things that are already readily available to him uh, as an act to set an atmosphere for miracles. And he, he dismisses all the people who are negative, all the people who don't believe that he can do what he's been asked to do. And so we examined that that last Sunday. If you were with us um, for our live Bible study on Wednesday, uh, we talked about some things to do while we wait. And if you didn't see the Bible study lesson on Wednesday, feel free to go back and watch it after this message is over. Uh, and today, uh, we want God that while we're home, while we're spending time at home, to fill our houses. We want God to fill our house. So there's a few things that I believe can be done that will set an atmosphere uh, that will allow God to fill this house. Uh, I believe this is actually, um, this, this particular uh, passage of scripture happens right after one of my personal favorite passages of scripture where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, and so this is this is uh, Lazarus, the, the, the after party to Lazarus's miracle. Uh, and so and so I love the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, and so this is this is what happens after all of that has ended. And so I want us to look at I want us to look at verse one. Verse one says six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Uh, it says, it says, whom Jesus raised from the dead. So we want to make sure that we are clear uh, as to which Lazarus we're talking about right now. There is another Lazarus that Jesus speaks about uh, in a parable. Uh, so that particular Lazarus is not a real person, but this Lazarus is a real person. This Lazarus was a friend of God. This is the Lazarus that Jesus works a mighty miracle for and raises him from the dead. Uh, so Jesus uh, finds himself at Lazarus's house in verse one. Verse two says they're having a dinner in Jesus's honor to thank Jesus for all the things that he's done for Lazarus. Now, um, some things happen at this dinner that could and should happen in our houses while we're waiting for things to go back to normal. I believe that if we do these three things uh, while we are waiting for things to go back to normal, that we are setting ourselves up for Jesus to do some great things in our lives once we get back to our regularly scheduled program. The first thing that I want you to do while you're waiting for things to get back to normal is to serve intensely. Okay, I want you to serve intensely. Watch this. Uh, in the second, the first part of verse two, the first part of verse two says that there was a dinner given in Jesus's honor. The second part of verse two says 
Martha served. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand that there is, in fact, a celebration happening in honor of Jesus. There is a whole party happening for what Jesus has done for Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. There's a whole party happening. It's a celebration. But you got to be able to follow the lead of Martha because Martha served during the celebration. Listen, you got to understand that there is always a time and place for everything. And there is a time to celebrate the things of God. There is a time to celebrate what Jesus has done for you. But what I want you to be careful of is that you don't get so caught up in the celebration that you neglect service. Now, Martha takes this time. She understands that there is a party happening. And get this, the party is happening in her house. But even though the party is happening in her house, her focus is on the guest of honor, and that's Jesus. So Martha takes this opportunity not to party with Jesus, but to serve people in the presence of Jesus. Uh, you got to understand that singing and shouting does not replace the act of service. Uh, God does require us to give him praise. God does require us to give him worship, but that does not take the place of our service. So what I mean by that is sometimes we can get so caught up that we'll hide behind the festivities and celebrations of church and we neglect the service of ministry. During this time of quarantine, while you find yourself by yourself, you should be taking this time to plan out and put some things into action as to how you can serve the kingdom of God. Even though there might not be a celebration happening in your home, you still have to put yourself in position to serve. Because if there's not a celebration in your home right now, that's your fault. Because the fact that you're watching this right now means that God has kept you during this chaos. The fact that you're watching this right now means that you can hear and understand. The fact that you're watching this right now means that you still have the operation of your eyes. So you got something to give God praise for. So there should be a celebration in your house. But the celebration should not take the place of your service. The Bible says that even though there's a celebration in the house that Martha served and you got to be able to serve like Martha served, you got to serve with some intensity. You got to be able to serve with some intensity. The Bible says that you are to use your gifts to serve each other. And not only that, he says, the Bible doesn't just say use your gifts to serve each other, but it says that is a sign of you being a good steward of God's grace. Yeah, y'all, 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 let me, let, let me rewind real quick because y'all missed it. The Bible says, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, use your gifts as a service to others. And he says, not only do you use your gifts to serve others, but it is a sign that you are being a good steward of God's grace. What does that mean? That means that when you use what God has given you to serve somebody else, it means that you do not take the grace of God for granted. Being a good steward means being a good manager. So God grants you grace and you have to manage it properly. And the proper way to manage the grace of God is to extend that grace to other people and be able to serve even when you need to be served. You should be able to serve even when uh, even when you can't even see your own way clear. You should be able to serve the things of God regardless of what your circumstances look like. Amen. 
You got to be able to serve intensely. So there is a celebration, but you got to understand that God doesn't bless you for nothing. This celebration is happening because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus wasn't just dead. Lazarus was dead, dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days and his body had already begun to decay and to stink. Uh, and Jesus comes and raises him from the dead. But you got to understand that Jesus doesn't bless you just because. Jesus doesn't bless you uh, just to have something to do. When God blesses, he blesses for a reason. So you got to understand that whatever grave God has brought you out of, whatever, whatever situation Jesus has called your name and called you to come out of, whatever it is that circumstance is, you got to understand that you were brought out to serve. Yeah, when God brought you out of your season of depression, he brought you out to serve and to tell somebody else who's dealing with some depression that if God brought me out, he can bring you out too. Because God brought you out of your financial situation, he didn't bring you out of your financial situation just so you could sit up on your high horse. He brought you out of your financial situation so that you would have some resources to bless somebody else who was in the position you just got out of. When God brings you out of something, he doesn't bring you out for nothing. He brings you out to serve. Let me prove it to you. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 15. He says, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. He says, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. God brought you out to serve. And the problem is many of you uh, can't love your neighbor because you don't love yourself. You don't even know how to love yourself. But you better take this time of quarantine to read the Bible and find out what God has said about you. And to see how God feels about you to get your self-esteem up. Because I don't want you treating me like you treat you if you treat you like trash. So, so what you got to understand is God is bringing you out of circumstances so that you can be of service to him and to others. God wants to know, once you get what you want from me, will you continue to serve me? Or once you get what you want, will you disappear until the next time you need something? But uh, Martha says that even though uh, Jesus has done what I've asked him to do, Martha says that Jesus, you have raised my brother from the dead and we throwing you a party in my house. But don't get it twisted. The party ain't going to distract me from serving you. That's number one. We got to serve intensely. We got to serve with some intensity. The second thing that I want you to do, I want you to see it in the next part of verse two, is we have to spend time intimately. We got to spend time intimately. The Bible says that Martha is serving while the party's going on. But then the Bible says that Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with Jesus. Yeah, Lazarus is sitting at the table reclining with Jesus. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. At first glance, I was a little irritated with Lazarus because, because I didn't understand why Martha was up on her feet serving the house guests and Lazarus is chilling reclining at the table with Jesus. If anybody should be up ready to serve, it ought to be Lazarus because Lazarus was the one who got raised from the dead. So I'm trying to figure out why it is that Lazarus finds himself reclining and chilling at the table with Jesus while Martha is up serving. And God, the spirit of God told me to read it again. He says, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with Jesus, Lazarus was at the table reclining with Jesus. This is what you got to understand. Lazarus wasn't just sitting at the table. 
the Bible says that Lazarus is reclining with Jesus. Uh, that means that Lazarus is relaxed. Lazarus is spending some intimate time with Jesus. Yeah, and so that began to bless me because when I began to think about being reclined, uh, it implies that Lazarus was in no rush for this moment to be over. Uh, it, it, imply, it implies that Lazarus was intentional about where he was. It implies that Lazarus wanted to be in the space that he was in. Uh, and nothing was going to keep him from spending time with Jesus. Lazarus decided that even though there's a celebration going on, and yeah, there might be some work to do, but I got to spend some intimate time with Jesus. I got to take the time to spend time with Jesus because he's done too much for me for me not to spend time with him. Lazarus said nothing is going gonna, is gonna to stop me from spending time with Jesus. Here's what you got to understand. This quarantine is teaching us one thing. It's teaching us that all of this time we've been moving in too much of a hurry. Yeah, this quarantine has caused us, whether you want to or not, it's caused you to slow down. It's caused you to have to sit back and reflect on some things. And so this is what I want you to understand out of the text. It's important that you take the time to sit down and understand what Jesus is trying to teach you in a particular season. Because what happens oftentimes is we get so distracted by the things of life that Jesus is the one who has to take the back seat. We get so distracted by the things of life that Jesus and the things of God become secondary. Uh, but Lazarus said, I'm not going to be distracted. This is what I want you to understand. Don't be distracted. Lazarus said, I'm not going to be distracted. He says, I'm not going to get so caught up in doing work, Martha, uh, that I don't spend time with Jesus. Yeah, my serving is good, but I got to be able to spend some intimate time with Jesus. I got to be able to read the word for myself because I got to be able to recall some scriptures over my own situation it's a quarantine and I can't get to the church like I used to so I gotta be able to preach to myself sometimes so you gotta know the word for yourself you gotta know what Jesus is saying to you for you about you for you so so you gotta make sure that you spend intimate time with Jesus for the betterment of your own relationship with him you can't get so caught up into working that you neglect the things of God See, you got to understand that your time, your time is important. When I was a senior in high school and I was in economics class, my economics teacher raised the question and said, what is your most valuable resource? And all kind of answers start going across the classroom, money, water, food, air, all of these things start going across the, 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 the classroom. And my teacher says, no, all of your answers are wrong. He says, your most valuable resource is your time and your most valuable resource is time uh, <clears throat> because you never know how much time you have. Uh, he says, and not only do you not know how much time you have, once it's gone, you can't get it back. Anything else you can get back once it's gone. Science can even find ways to create more oxygen for the atmosphere. But once your time is up, your time is up. And what we don't want to do is have to stand in the face of God on judgment day and have to answer for why we didn't spend time with him. So you can't be so caught up in working. You can't be so caught up in doing that you neglect to spend time with Jesus and to find out what it is he's doing in a season in your life. 
it is very possible, I'm not saying this as an absolute, but it is very possible that the reason why God has us all sitting down on quarantine is because we've been moving too fast and there's some stuff that he wants to say to you. There's some stuff he wants to reveal to you. There's some resources he wants to make available to you, but you'll never know it unless you spend intimate time. So, so, so while you're waiting, while you're waiting, uh, you want you want to serve intensely. You want to spend time intimately, uh, and then the last thing you want to do is you want to sacrifice intently. You want to sacrifice intently. I want you to go down to verse three. Verse three says, "Then Mary, so so Martha's serving, Lazarus is reclining, but the Bible says then Mary took about a pint." Of pure nard and expensive perfume and she poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair now here's what you got to understand you got to understand that this particular nard uh, uh, if you read it in the King James or the New King James it says spike nard or spickner uh, uh, it was worth about a year's wages but 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 we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, a year's wages on, uh, 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 on on a McDonald's salary. No no no. We're not talking about we're not talking about a year's wages uh, uh, on 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 a call center salary. Uh, we're talking about a year's wages. Uh, if, if 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 we do some translations and some calculations and, and we account for for uh, for certain things in the economy, uh, what that would equal to right now. It's about $80,000, give or take a few thousand. Okay, so, so this perfume uh, was an expensive perfume. Uh, so, so it potentially took Mary uh, all of her life to be able to accumulate about a pint's worth of this perfume. Now, uh, so Mary then pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. Okay, um, so, 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 so now uh, some people uh, are partying. Some are serving, others are reclining, and she's sacrificing. Okay, all right. Uh, so, so, so she's intentionally sacrificing while some people party, some serve, and others recline. Mary is sacrificing. I love this because I love this because Mary, Mary says, regardless of what's happening around me, I will make sure that I have a suitable sacrifice for my savior. Mary says, whatever's happening around me, I got to make sure that Jesus knows that I appreciate him, that Jesus knows that I, the, 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 how highly I regard him. I got to make sure that I, that I intently set aside a sacrifice for the Lord. I got to make sure that I have something to render to him. Uh, so she pours the perfume on his feet. And then the Bible says that she uses her hair to wipe and dry the perfume off of his feet. All right. Uh, so, so, so what you got to understand is this is important because Mary could have used anything to wipe the perfume off of Jesus's feet. She could have went to the linen closet and got a towel to wipe the perfume off of Jesus's feet. She could have even used her blouse, her clothes to wipe the perfume off of Jesus's feet. But the Bible says that Mary uses her hair to wipe the perfume off of Jesus's feet. 
Now, you got to understand the importance of Mary using her hair to wipe the perfume off of Jesus' feet. Mary says, listen, Jesus, you're in my house. Uh, this is me and my siblings' house. You in my house. And one of my siblings is serving, and that's all good. One of my siblings is spending uh, quality time with you, and that's all good. But Jesus, I need time to give my sacrifice to you. I don't got to leave this house to give a sacrifice to you. And she says, not only am I going to sacrifice it, but I'm going to use my hair as a part of the process. This is why this is important. The Bible says that in this day, a woman's hair was her glory. Yeah, so so there were many times there were many times where women didn't even expose their hair uh, because it was their glory. They were supposed to keep it pent up and not exposed. They were supposed to hold it in high regard. And so Mary uh, lets down her hair and she wipes Jesus's feet with her hair. So a woman's hair is her glory. And, and this woman, Mary, wipes Jesus's feet with her glory. This is where you should have had your shout. She uses what gave her a little glory to give him all the glory yes so, so she uses what's important to her to show how important Jesus is to her yes she uses what society thinks is valuable to show the value of Jesus in her life so Mary decides that I'm not gonna let uh, serving distract me I'm not gonna let time distract me I got something that I gotta give to Jesus and I'm going to give him the best of me when I do it. Whatever I have to offer him, I'm going to give him the best. And if the hair on my head is the best that I got to offer, well, Jesus, I will give you that. If the hair on my head is all I have to render you, well, Jesus, I will give you that. Uh, this is what you got to understand. You got to understand that Mary is doing this in front of the whole party. She's doing this in front of the whole party. And so now everybody's confused. Everybody's confused as to why, as to why she, would, she would spend uh, uh, this expensive perfume and put it on his feet. And then, girl, what are you doing letting your hair down in front of everybody? Uh, that, that's not proper for today's customs. You're not supposed to be letting your hair down in front of a room full of men. What are you doing? And then you're going to wipe your hair on Jesus' feet. What are you doing? Uh, and Mary says, listen, y'all can keep doing what y'all I've been doing if y'all want to but God has been too good to me for me not to give something back to him and if this is what I got to do to show my sacrifice I'm going to do what has to be done while I have Jesus in my presence See, you got to make sure that you don't limit the sacrifice. You can't limit the sacrifice because if you keep reading, I didn't read this to you, but if you keep reading, the Bible says that Judas, the crook Judas, uh, Judas was upset, said, woman, what are you doing? Uh, you, you, you wasting this, uh, you wasting this perfume uh, on Jesus' feet. And, and you know how expensive this perfume is. You could have, you could have spent that money to, to help some poor people. And so Jesus, uh, Jesus cussed. Uh, 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 Jesus cuts Judas off and says listen you let her do whatever it is she feels like she needs to do because the reality is you don't care nothing about no poor people you trying to get this money for yourself so you got to be careful because some people will look at your sacrifice and try to convince you that you should be sacrificing differently some people will look at your service to God and look at how you how you live your life for God and try to convince you that there's better ways for you to be spending your time and your money but you got to be focused on the things of God and say no matter what people might say around me no matter how bad they might talk about me you can call me crazy if you want to but I know too much about how good God is for me not to give him something that matters to me 
You got to make sure that you serve uh, intensely. You got to spend time intimately and you got to sacrifice intently. You got to make sure uh, that, 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 that you are giving your best to God. This is what I want you to do. Even in your time of quarantine, I want you to remember not to limit your sacrifice. Uh, don't worry about, uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to work like normal. Don't worry about, I don't know when stuff is, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be cutting stuff off. You got to make sure that whatever it is, you have decided for God that you stay consistent in that. Because you don't want to limit your sacrifice because you don't know how much time you have to give it. This is what you got to understand. Jesus teaches in that moment when Judas tries to down Mary for her sacrifice. Jesus said, this perfume was really set aside for my burial. He says, he says this perfume was really what they were going to have to use uh, uh, as, 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 my, as my first century embalming fluid. This was going to have to anoint my dead body and to try to keep the smell from getting too bad. Uh, uh, that's what this perfume was really for. Uh, but Mary recognized that I might not make it to the death. I might die before he died. So while I got Jesus in my presence, I'm going to give him what I have set aside to give him because I don't know if I'll have a chance to do it again. You got to make sure you sacrifice intently. Here's the last thing. I want to wrap this whole thing up for you because y'all even through the screen are looking at me crazy. Y'all saying, listen, pastor, I understand all of this sounds good. Serve intensely. Yeah, that sounds good. Spend time intimately. That sounds good. Sacrifice intently. I'm with you. I'm with you on all three of those. All of those sound good. And pastor, I'm going to do all of those while I'm on quarantine. My only question, pastor, is I'm a little bit confused. I'm a little bit confused because you said the title of the message was fill this house. And I'm trying to figure out what all of these things have to do with my house being filled. I, I, I can feel you looking at me crazy through the camera. I, I, I know that that's what's going through your mind. Uh, so, so, so some of y'all might be thinking, uh, yeah, we should fill our house uh, with intense service. And, and, and that's correct. That's correct. You should fill your house with, with intense service. Um, uh, and then some of y'all thinking uh, we, we should feel our schedules uh, to spend time intimately. And, and, and that's correct. You should set aside some time in your schedule to spend some intimate time. That is that is correct. And then some of y'all say say we, we, we should we should we should feel God's house with a sacrifice. We should we should feel God's house with a sacrifice. And that's that's true, too. That's true, too. But but that's not that, that, that's that's not all. That's not all I need you to see. I need you to see, uh, I need you to continue reading in verse 3. Uh, so we see Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. But then verse 3 says, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Okay, all right, all right. So Jesus, Jesus is in one room in the house. The party is happening in the house. Uh, the party's happening in the house. Uh, and, and Mary anoints Jesus' feet and wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. And then the Bible says, and the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Okay. All right. All right. Um, uh, I, 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 wish I, could, I wish I could see you so that I could know if you were nodding your head, if you really understand what's happening right now. The Bible says in verse 3, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Um. Here's the last thing that I got for you just to, to wrap this whole thing up. Yes, we got to serve intensely. And yes, we got to spend time intimately. And yes, we got to sacrifice intently. Uh, um, 
But, but we still want God to fill our house. Here's what I need you to be focused on during this time of quarantine. During this time of quarantine, I need you to be focused on this, on this thing right here. I need you to be focused on whatever it is God is trying to get your attention on. Okay, I need you to be focused on whatever it is God is trying to get your attention on. Get this uh, because 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 once you begin to focus on the things of God and, and, and you give God your service and you spend time with him and you sacrifice to him, God will begin to fill your entire house with the front. OK. All right. So some of y'all so, some of y'all got kids that live with you. And so you setting the example right now at this time of quarantine. And he'll begin to fill your house. So even in your kids' bedroom, you'll be able to smell the things of God in your kids' bedroom. Yeah, there's going to be some stuff that filters from what you did onto your babies. Some of y'all got some parents that might stay uh, in, in your house or in your in your vicinity and in your parents' room. They'll be able to smell the things of God because, because you have made those things important. You, you got to give a sacrifice and you got to spend some time and you got to serve God so well that anybody that comes through your front door will be able to smell the fragrance of God on you. You got to do it so well that anybody that steps foot onto your line should be able to know that this is a house of God. You should be at every time the mailman come and drop some mail at your house. He ought to feel an anointing of God coming from your front door because the fragrance of God should fill your house. Yeah, you, you, you want God, you want God to feel, to feel your house. See, the problem is we look into God for, for, for material things and God says, what I want to fill your house with is something that money can't buy. I want to fill your house with a peace that surpasses all understanding. I want to fill your house with a joy that no man can take away. I want to fill your house with an anointing of healing. I want to fill your house with an anointing of overflow. I want my house to be filled. Let me give you this real quick. Let me give you this real quick. Uh, and then we're going to go ahead and pray. And we're going to get out of here. I want to give you this real quick. I want to give you this example. Uh, uh, corona has done a number on, 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 our, on our nation. Corona has done a number worldwide. Uh, and so... And so here in the United States, many of us were guilty of not taking the effects of this virus seriously. And, and if I can be completely honest with you, I was one of those people. Uh, uh, I, was, I, I was one of those people that didn't really take the severity of this virus seriously. Uh, and so as we begin to see uh, uh, people that are close to us being affected and infected and, and some people close to us dying as a result of contracting this coronavirus, uh, things began to really hit home. And speaking of hitting home, things really began to hit in my home. OK, uh, because earlier this week, earlier this week, my baby girl, uh, I came home from work. I, 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 I've not been able to work in the office. So I've been working in my office here at the church uh, to, to, to continue to do to continue to do my job. And I've been working and I came home and my baby girl gave me a hug and she was burning up. So I asked her mom, I said, where's the thermometer? We need to take Jill's temperature because she's burning up. And, and we take Jill's temperature and the thermometer reads 103.8. So immediately my wife and I begin to get nervous because one of the things they tell you to look for uh, uh, as a sign of contracting the virus is a high temperature. 
So immediately we begin to get nervous because my baby girl's temperature is 103.8. So my wife says, what should we do? Should we take her to the ER? I said, no, we can't take her to the ER because even if we think she has the virus, her primary care doctor has to call into the ER ahead of time before they'll even admit her. So I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give her some fever reducer uh, and we're going to check her temperature uh, throughout the night and we're going to call her doctor in the morning. Okay, and so and so we did that uh, in the next morning. Baby girl's temperature was still up uh, in the hundreds. And so we nervous. And so we call her primary care doctor. And and I love her doctor, Dr. D. But but because of everything that's going on, Dr. D couldn't see Jewel in person. So she set up a video call for us to talk to her uh, on the computer through video. And, and so we're telling her everything that's going on. And she's asking us questions. And, and, and she says, well, listen, I want you. It, it doesn't sound too bad right now. Just keep giving her the fever reducer uh, and, and, and just keep monitoring her and, and make sure that she's breathing properly. If she's not breathing properly, uh, that's a red flag immediately. So just, just continue to monitor her overnight. And so uh, later later that night, things uh, just weren't getting any better. She says, the doctor says, if it don't get any better, to call me back. And so and so we called again, and, uh, and this was after hours. So we got the on-call doctor, and the on-call doctor says, well, listen, the only way we can get her tested for the virus is to send her to a respiratory clinic. And, and, and he says, uh, he says, now, now, even if she tests positive, there's not really anything that they're going to be able to do about it uh, besides make sure that she gets rest and plenty of fluids. So, so we nervous, so we nervous, and so, uh, and so my wife just begins to break down because my wife has asthma, and so that makes her uh, a top candidate to, to have fatal effects from the virus, so she's not even able to go to the appointment with us to go to the respiratory clinic because it's too risky for her, so she begins to get emotional, and, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, and, 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 so, and, so, and so I had already begun to pray in my spirit, and so I said, listen, I told my wife, I said, listen, what are we going to do? I'll take her to the clinic uh, just so that we can make sure everything is all right. But I think she's going to be okay. And so my wife says, that's all right, but I still want her to go. And so we take her to the clinic. And so we live in Beach Grove, and the clinic is in Fishers. Uh, so I had about a 25-minute ride uh, to, to, to spend some time with God. I had about a 25-minute ride, 25 to 30-minute ride to spend some time with God. Uh, I'm telling y'all this story to tell y'all this. Uh, we took baby girl to the clinic and they ran some tests on her and they said nothing is coming back positive. So we think that actually her fever is actually being caused because her body is fighting off a virus, not because she's contracted a virus. Okay. Uh, so, so, so what we're looking at as sickness is really her body's response uh, to, 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 to protect itself. Okay, uh, and so and so I get back in the car and I FaceTime my wife so she can see my baby girl so she can see and so and so uh, my wife is upset with me y'all she's upset because she says I don't think that you're taking this seriously enough it, it, it seems like you're just being a little bit too nonchalant about it and I said babe I promise you I'm not being too nonchalant about it I'm worried just like you are but it doesn't do us any good to get worked up right now it doesn't do us it, it won't do us any justice to get worked up right now we, we, we got to stay calm and we just got to trust God what I didn't tell my wife in that moment was on the 25 to 30 minute ride on the way to the clinic I had already spoken 
spoken to God and I said, God, you have promised me too much. God, you have revealed to me too much. There is no way that this is going to end like this. So before we even walked into the clinic, I had already spoken of victory over my house. So when we came out of the clinic, God had already filled my house with healing. What I'm trying to tell you is take this time for God to fill your house and watch how he protects everybody who has your last name. Yeah, because God does it, and when God does it, he does it well. God, don't do anything halfway. Just lift your hands right now where you are and just tell God, fill my house. Yeah, fill my house, God. Fill my house with your glory. Fill my house with your power, God. Fill my house with your presence because in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are treasures forevermore. Right where you are, just put your hands together and give God some praise. Amen. We thank God. We thank God even now for filling our homes. We thank God even now for what it is he's doing during this chaotic time. We thank God for what he's doing during this crisis. And even in times when you find yourself by yourself, that's a perfect opportunity to ask God to fill your house. I want you to go with me to God in a word of prayer. We're going to pray and then we're going to get ready to get out of here. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, God, and we thank you. We thank you because you are God and God all by yourself. God, we thank you because you are a God that needs no help. God, we thank you because you are a healer. God, we thank you because you are a protector. God, we thank you because you are a way maker. God, we thank you because you are a provider. God, we thank you because you are a keeper. God, we thank you because... You are God and God all by yourself. You are Alpha and Omega. God, right now, I just ask that you will fill the homes of everyone listening to the sound of my voice in this moment. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your spirit, God. Show them that even now you are real. Even now your presence is real. Even now your spirit is real. God, even now, you have not given up on us. You have not forsaken us. But you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, God, we thank you for that. God, we ask you right now that you would examine our hearts and minds, God, and anything that you see in us that's not like you, we ask that you take it away, God. God, we ask that you forgive us for our neglect of you. God, we ask that you forgive us for our lack of service to your kingdom. We ask that you forgive us for only giving us, for only giving you our spare time. And God, we ask that you, that you would accept our sacrifice. That you would accept us to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. God, we bless you even where we are right now, God. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. God, I pray that everyone that has heard your word today, that they be blessed by it, that they be encouraged by it, that they be convicted by it, that they be changed by it, that they be better. 
God, I pray that even now, even though we're not in the sanctuary physically, I pray that anybody that needs to be connected to a church home, that you would allow your spirit to draw them to abundant faith, Christian church. God, I pray for anyone that, 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 that does not have a personal saving relationship with you. God, and I just ask that you would allow your spirit to draw them in right now. God, anybody that's under the sound of my voice that has a church home and they say and, and they understand that they're going to heaven, but they also recognize that the life they're living right now is not pleasing to you. And they want to rededicate their lives to you, God. I pray for those people in this moment. God, I thank you. Give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. Now, for all of you who can hear me, if you are one who does not have a personal saving relationship with Jesus, you don't even go to church like that. You just happen to be scrolling and saw us on your timeline and something told you to stop here. I want you to do this right now. It's that simple. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus Christ died for your sin and on the third day God raised him from the dead if you believe that right now I want you to speak those words Jesus I believe in who you are I believe that you are the son of God I believe that you are God in flesh and I believe that you died for my sins I want you to say out of your mouth, I believe that you died even though you knew no sin. And I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day. If you have spoken those words and your heart truly believes what you just said, the Bible declares that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, if you're on this feed, if you're viewing right now, and even outside of the sanctuary, you believe that God is calling you to Abundant Faith Christian Church, I want you to either drop it in the comment section or I want you to send it to the Abundant Faith inbox and say, I want to be a member of Abundant Faith. I want this to be my church home. I want this to be my church family. I want this to be the group of people who calls and checks on me when they ain't heard from me in a while. I want this to be the pastor who, who, who will help me to get through the circumstances of life. If that's you, just drop it in the comment section. If you don't want everybody to know, just send it in the inbox. I want to be a member of Abundant Faith Christian Church. Now, if you're the, that person that needs to rededicate your life to the things of God, I'm praying right now for you that you will take this time of quarantine to hear from God. To commit to him and to say, God, from this moment forward, my life is going to be focused on what you want me to be focused on. God, I know I'm not perfect, but I promise you I'm going to do my best. God, I'm going to be a walking, talking testimony for you from this day forward. Now, right where you are, just put your hands together and give God some praise. Open up your mouth and tell him thank you. As we get ready to get out of here. 
if you tuned in late with us and you want to sow into this ministry and give to this ministry, I want you to give via Cash App. The tag is dollar sign Abundant Faith Church. Ministry is still taking place. Bills are still being paid. Dollar sign Abundant Faith Church to sow into this ministry. If this, if this ministry or this individual word has been a blessing to you and you want to sow into this ministry and, and, and just show thanks, we ask that you give through Dollar Sign Abundant Faith Church on Cash App. We also ask that you tune in with us on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our virtual Bible study. We want you to tune in, not just on Sunday mornings, but tune in every Wednesday. Uh, for our virtual Bible study at 7 p.m. Listen, I want everybody out there to know that my prayers are going out for you, that my thoughts are going out for you, and I just want everybody to be encouraged that even through this crisis, God is still in control. So I want everybody to be safe. Only leave home if it's absolutely necessary. But while you're there, spend some time with God in service. Spend some intimate time with him. And give God a suitable sacrifice to show your thanks for what he's done for you. May God bless you. May God keep you until we meet again. May he cover you with his love. In Jesus' name, it's in that name we say, amen. God bless you.